1: Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to episode number 305 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be in your earbuds again this week. And I've got a great episode for you that I think you're really going to love. And I just know from talking with so many of my clients and potential clients that this is something that is super, super common in this community. So you're really going to love it. Uh, Before we get there, I just have a couple of things, a few things up top. One, as always, I so appreciate your ratings and reviews wherever you're listening to this show, especially on Apple Podcasts. But more so, Spotify seems to be pretty big these days, and also they have reviews now. So if you listen on Spotify, I would so appreciate a review there or, or a rating. Again, it, it all helps the algorithm. It helps other people find the show, and for that, I'm super appreciative. Um, my book is out. You are meant for love. If you haven't picked up your copy, you can head over to VeronicaGrant.com forward slash book, and there I've linked all the places on the internet you can find the book. You can get a paperback copy mailed to your doorstep, or you can buy the ebook version. Either way, I think you're going to love it. I'm getting some great feedback from the book. Um, And if you've read the book, I would appreciate your reviews, especially on Amazon. But of course, wherever you bought the book is perfect. And you can also just search You Are Meant for Love on Amazon if you want to just go there directly. So yeah, I hope you enjoy the book. Okay, two more announcements. This is not really an announcement, but it's just more of just stating the fact that I am recording this episode in mid-March. I have no idea what the world is going to be like uh, by the time you're listening to this episode, when it comes live, early April, but I can tell you, it's it's really hard. I'm feeling a lot of emotions, a lot of really difficult emotions, and there's a tendency I'm feeling in my own self to numb out, to check out, like because it's just it's all it's a lot, it's too much, and you know it's it's really hard to feel like, especially when there's just like nothing you can do. There's not even like a friggin' senator or representative that I can call because it's just a really horrible situation and horrible is not even like the right word. I don't know what the right word is. I encourage you though, with, you know, the situation in Ukraine and really just anything, really, because I mean, there has just been traumatic and horrible things that have happened throughout history. And of course, even just within the last, you know, just every day really, is to engage, but to also not traumatize yourself. You don't have to sit there and watch the news 24 seven or look at really traumatizing or horrible graphic pictures online. Um, I do encourage you to stay informed to stay committed to do what you can to help whether it's donating money, calling people, whatever it is, but also, you know, take care of yourself. And if you need to take some time to just like, you know, watch something stupid like The Bachelor, or whatever, uh, that's fine. You know, you got to take care of yourself um in order to remain engaged citizens in this world and also it's just really important to not be in the habit of checking out whether it's because of world event or just because of like it's our own shit and our own life right like if if things are hard whether it's with dating or a relationship that you're in or your job and like the tendency is just or again world events and the tendency is just to check out then ultimately you just get really really good at numbing your feelings and and then like that becomes the way in which you largely live your life a lot of the time or all the time and that's not really what you need or really what this world needs so yes take care of yourself but work through the feelings work through the things that are coming up and what can you do to, you know, in your own life to move forward? Or what can you do um, as a citizen for things that are, you know, as a part of the collective. So I just want to say that if you are looking for places to donate money, I am really, really amazed by the work that CARE is doing, as well as World Central Kitchen. They are providing hot meals to the millions of refugees. And it's just really inspiring. I also really love Sharon Sesso. I've talked about her Instagram before, Um, She talks about the news and current events and governmental affairs and political affairs, but like, in really the most nonpartisan, non hatred, or most unhatred way I've ever seen anyone do. And she does an amazing job at walking that line. Um, So it's just a credible resource of information. That I not just with Ukraine, but just with everything that is going on. So I can't recommend um, her work enough. Uh, also, she's been raising a lot of money in her community for Ukrainian refugees, um, and also is just does a really good job at helping you, like yes, take in the news, but then also take care of yourself as well. So highly recommend her account over on Instagram if that interests you. And then finally, switching gears, the final announcement that I have before we get into today's podcast is if you are listening to this episode on or maybe the day after that we release this episode, um, it is, you know, the time is ending for early enrollment to my yearly program, The Love Incubator. Um, The Love Incubator is my annual one-on-one program with a group element. I run this once a year in the spring, and it's a beautiful, beautiful group of women. I'm so excited about the women that are gathering so far this year. And when you join early, you get either a bonus one-on-one session if you pay in full or you have the opportunity to pay over a six-month payment plan so you can get that monthly payment down a little bit lower, making it more affordable. Now, that does not mean the enrollment is closing today. It means early enrollment will be closing on Friday, April 8th, and then regular enrollment will close April 22nd, or when all 10 spots are filled. And as I said, I am recording this episode a little bit in advance, so I don't know how many spots will be available by the time you're listening to this. The time that I'm recording, I have two spots filled in the early, early enrollment. Uh, so there there is, you know, some spots available as of now when I'm recording this, but again, I don't know what it'll be like, and usually things fill up pretty quickly, you know, historically during the early enrollment week. So, Again, if you are interested in joining this year's cohort for the Love Incubator, either during the early enrollment period or regular enrollment, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash Love Incubator, and there you will get all the information you need about the program, including dates and pricing and exactly how it works. Um, But it's a really great way to work closely with me, but then also have the power of the group. There's so much healing that can happen within a group because you'll hear other women going through similar situations as you are, or maybe completely different situations, but there's still things that you can learn from. Also, if you've ever struggled to connect with other women, or a lot of maybe your friendships are maybe toxic or just not really the kind of depth that you want out of your female friendships, then the love incubator is a great place to begin healing that and shifting that. Um, Because these women will become, you know, some of them will become lifelong friends for you. And I've seen that happen through years past in the love incubator. So again, a really, really beautiful program. I love running this program once a year. Um, So again, to learn more, Veronica forward slash love incubator. I've got all the information that you need. From that page, you will also be able to schedule your incubator exploratory call, which I require all women coming into the program to do just so we can get to know each other and we can both make sure it's a good fit all around. Um, I really do want to make sure that the incubator truly does feel like the next right step for you and you'll get that clarity through our call together. It's zero pressure, no obligation call. It's just really like an information call both for you and me. Um, so you can make that decision as to whether or not you're a yes or a no. So as long as you are seriously considered joining the incubator, I would love to connect with you. One more time, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash incubator. And that link, as well as Sharon says, so anything else I ever mention in the shows are all in the show notes page. All right, so let's get right into today's episode. So I'm just gonna go ahead and ask you some questions that I want you to just kind of think about and um, keep in your mind and heart as you listen in. And if you can resonate with them, you're, you're especially gonna love my conversation with Aaron. So let's say you've done a lot of work and you understand how your past experiences have shaped your relationship patterns, but are you still meeting a lot of emotionally unavailable people on the apps or just while you're dating in general? Do you date very consciously now, meaning you've got your eyes wide open and you're on high alert for red flags? And as you're dating and meeting people, do you do everything to protect yourself from getting hurt or being rejected? So if you can relate to any or all of these questions, you're going to love today's episode. So without further ado, let's get into my call with Erin. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the show. How can I help
2: today? Hi, thanks for having me. I am calling because I'm a little frustrated with my existing dating situation. I've been single for five years and I feel like I've done a substantial amount of work and I'm very self aware, but I'm not able to meet a quality man who wants a long term relationship. Recently, the last two people that I've been interested in have been people who are just looking for short term. So I'm <laughs> not really sure how to, to fix that and find like a good man who wants a long-term relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you say you've done a lot of work over the last, you said five years ish, mm-hmm. um, yes. what is that? What does that look like?
2: So a lot of self-reflection and sort of self like a like guided therapy and then also gotten to therapy in person. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what have you learned? I learned that there was a pattern uh for my childhood <laughs> and that I'm codependent, my father borderline narcissist so I, that's one of the reasons I was choosing men who are narcissist in nature and abusive
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh so I'm much better at detecting very quickly if a man is in it for the right reasons and good for me or not so that's that's been useful. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you've that you've learned? I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, in that, but uh,
1: okay. Okay. So, tell me a little bit about what it looks like when you are dating. So, when you're like, oh, I want to maybe get to know this person, and then you're, you know, I assume you have some sort of like radar, red flag radar detection. So, tell me a little bit about what that looks like.
2: Sure. So in this, initially I'm good at, at being, I want to say wall up a little bit, um, mm-hmm. just like using my mind versus my heart more, um, consistency. If a man says he's going to do something, he has to follow up on it. I'm very big on that. Mm-hmm. You know, just treating me the way that I think I deserve to be treated being a gentleman. But um, yeah, I mean, the big thing for me is just the way he treats me. And does he do what he says he's going to do initially?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you you feel like it's true that you're still dating with a wall up?
2: Well, it's very strange because it's not strange, but I have my wall up, but then I think I probably let it down too soon. I'm probably too, I'm very open and I'm very kind. And I feel like sometimes that that might be causing me some problems. So initially my wall's up and then I, and then I just, and then I learn (laughs) that they are, you know, pursuing me and interested and they're doing the right things. And then I let my wall down and that seems to be probably where I'm going wrong. Cause I think at that point I probably get too attached or available maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you have people pleasing tendencies? I've thought about that and I think I do, but specifically when it comes to romantic relationships, I think I do. Although I do know that I really stand up for myself. So it's this weird.
1: Yeah. So when you, when you say like your walls coming down, like, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like for you?
2: I mean, I don't even know if it's something that I say or do necessarily. Maybe the one thing I might do is probably become more available or more like giving, I guess. Well, and and this is really, I'll just take my last relationship, for example, which was only a few months. I tried to, you know, cook for him and do nice things for him. Like I was kind of doting on him a little bit too soon.
1: Okay. 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 Got it. All right. So I think I see, um, at least one thing that's going on here. So when you're dating You know, we talk a lot about like dating from the heart and how you feel. And then also, you know, dating from the head and like looking at like, "Mm, that's shitty behavior. I'm going to, you know, do something about that. Right. And I think when you've had a past experience of, you know, and I don't know, obviously your full relationship history, but if you've had past experiences where they've been codependent, any kind of abuse, emotional abuse, all that kind of stuff, then yeah, like it can make a lot of sense to be like, I am totally cutting that part off from dating and just really just focusing and and, and relying on my logical mind. And the problem with that is that it's not that one part of you is better at dating than the other or more important Or should be doing the legwork because I think what's happening is you're looking at what you see, like on the surface, which again is important, right? Because if there's like an obvious red flag or, you know, something's not right for whatever reason, like you either need to set a boundary or get out, right? Like that's the power of the mind. um, And that's what the mind does. And that's super important to have that kind of discernment, right? But we can't forget about the emotional piece because ultimately, like, having a relationship is an emotional connection. And it's also important to have that emotional connection with yourself because that's where I think the misunderstanding of like, oh, well, every time I start to get vulnerable, every time I start to open up, like shit hits the, or what is it? Shit hits the fan or or the beginning of the end. And so that can just further reinforce the idea of like, I just need to like date from the head and use rational thinking, logical thinking, all that kind of stuff. But that just takes you further and further away From the result that you want, because you need the tools that are only available in the heart as well. And the things that are available in the heart, you know, just talking about this head versus heart kind of thing are one, like how you feel, how you feel with the other person. And also, that's the place most importantly where your intuition lives. And so you're saying, oh, well, this person said they're going to do this. So, and they did do it. Okay. So that must mean it's safe to open up right? But like, maybe it's not actually really that safe to open up, um, but you're just going based on what you see versus like, what's really behind the surface that I'm not really catching. And that's really only something that the intuition can do. Again, like the brain, the mind is really good at seeing like what's on paper, what's on the surface, which again, not, not important. Like you need to have that as, as well, but you've got to have your intuition here. And so what I think you've done is you've taken some more fear-based actions where you're like, I'm going to pull all the way back, making it just impossible to one, use your intuition and then two, build any kind of emotional connection. Cause you you really can't build that emotional connection if you're if you're blocked off. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. What's what's especially the
2: part about the intuition? Yeah. Um And I, when I say closed off, I mean, I think it's kind of a relative term (laughs) because I'm almost like too open, you know? Okay. so, um, So that's another
1: part because like being too open can actually, especially if you've had any kind of codependency or people pleasing behaviors, either presently or in the past, opening yourself up too soon can actually be a form of I'm going to say this word. And I know it's a triggering word. And I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but it can actually be a form of, of manipulation. Like, Oh, I'm going to get this person to like me or want to like be closer or to build that. Like there's, there's some sort of like, it's kind of like people pleasing where there is being a kind, genuine person, but then also there's being people pleaser. And when an action is coming more from being a people pleaser, it's like, I'm going to do this thing. So that they'll do something nice for me back or so that they'll stay or so that they'll let me. So there's some sort of payoff. Right. And so sharing something vulnerably can have a similar kind of, can come from a similar kind of context. Like I'm going to share this so that they then share something back or so then they like me back or so then they want to say, or whatever the payoff might be. Because the thing is, is that like, you might be a really open person and that's really great. There certainly is a spectrum, but also like not everyone is, deserving. It's a privilege, right? It's a privilege for someone to experience that kind of emotional intimacy or, or knowledge or a story or your past or whatever that you want to share. And so I, I just think that your, your head and your heart just have to sync up a little bit better so that you can navigate the dating space so that, yeah, you can pull back when you need to or set a boundary or ask for what you need or whatever when you need to. Um, but then also so that you can be open in a way that is reflective of where you are in that relationship with the new person. Does that make sense? Yes. So I, I think they're just not necessarily talking to each other, you know, on the one hand, you're like, you're like, don't ignore red flags, don't ignore red flags. And then the heart's like, be open, be open, be open. And so it's kind of like all all over the place. And they just have to like, yeah, a little bit better.
2: Yeah, because I think there's definitely a part of me that says, but like having that real emotional connection, understanding if they know how to process like their trauma, their past trauma and all of that is something that's really important to me. And I almost like to do it at the beginning, just so I can understand like how healthy they are. And so probably by me sharing, like you said, subconsciously, that's part of me trying to get them to open up too.
1: Right. So, so that's, that's a phenomenon that I call guilty until proven innocent, (laughs) which is like the opposite, you know, it's a play on the opposite of what's in the constitution, right? Like someone who goes to trial or defendant is innocent, proven guilty. And so a lot of times we date and, um, we're like, well, I'm going to assume this guy's an asshole until he proves me otherwise. (laughs)
2: I mean it's historically what I I understand
1: for, so. I totally understand but can you see how that's still like a fear-based response and that's the head taking over and be like I got this don't worry I'm taking care of it and the heart's yeah. like but 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 right and so also when you're putting someone you're basically backing them into a corner and it's also like it's actually an impossible situation for them to get out of right because mm-hmm. let's say you date from a place of innocent until proven guilty Right. And so all they have to do is do one thing and then they're guilty, right? Like lie or not follow up on something. And then it's like that can be a deal breaker. And then you could be like, yeah, I'm done. Right. It only takes one thing. Right. But if you're dating from a place of guilty until proven innocent, the same is not true. Right. Like if they're quote unquote guilty and they do one nice thing, you're like, yeah, but is this for real? Is this coming from a right place? So like there's no amount of like, actions they can take to actually prove themselves innocent. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yes, I'm trying to process if that's accurate though. I mean I'm, I'm I mean look it like almost like switch is very like too soon as far as okay, I trust them. Like it's almost too soon.
1: And that's like the heart and the head not talking to each other. They're 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 crossing wires. They're not communicating.
2: Yeah, like I'm I'm a hard ass like quickly I see them like make the effort and actually say that they like me. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it's done.
1: Okay. (laughs) Right. And so this is where you want to, and this is I think where the guilty versus innocent thing can kind of come in, but this is, can you see like this, this is the head being like, okay, well they said this, this is what you see. This is on the surface, right? This is almost like looking at the resume kind of thing, like check, 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 check. But you're not giving them the space to actually show you, right? So there's show versus tell or show and tell, right? People can say whatever they want. (laughs) Some people are great talkers. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But what matters more is the showing you and the showing you is going to create a feeling, right? It's one thing to be like, oh yeah, like I really want a long-term relationship and you might be like, oh, yay, this sounds great. Cause I want a long-term relationship too. But then how do they show you that they want a relationship? And, and I think this, this goes back to what I was going to say a few minutes ago, where you talked about how you, you know, share some of your past because you want to make sure that they've done their own trauma healing or, you know, as, as well. And I think again, you still, you would, I think employing this idea of show versus tell is still a really great idea because again, they can tell you that they've gone to therapy or they work through their stuff or they understand or blah, 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 blah. But how are they able to actually show you, right? So are they acting out of fear and are they acting you know, with walls up and et cetera, et cetera. And again, they can tell you all these things and maybe they are true. Like maybe they have gone to therapy or whatever, but like if they're not, Able to really open up, then that's telling you that it's telling you what you need to know, or it's really showing you what you need to know, which is that they're not available for the relationship that they really want. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think also, did you do inner child work when you were, you know, doing a lot of your work?
2: I've done a little bit.
1: Okay. Okay, because there's still a lot of fear wrapped up in what you're telling me about how you approach dating, and so usually when there's a lot of fear, that's really dictating a lot of the action. You know, I mean, I don't mean this to say like, oh well, you still have healing work to do, like, but like I think we all do. Um, but I do think that there's probably still some inner child work left to do. And maybe it's more inner child work in the sense of reparenting yourself so that you can build that self trust, because. Yeah i think that right now you don't really and i'm not sure if you're consciously aware of this or not but i don't really think that you trust yourself like i know you like on the on the surface you might and maybe in other parts of your life you do but because you're just basing you know okay is this person you know the right person for me or is this person emotionally available or wanting the same thing da, 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 da. because it's so surface level, the way that you're making those criteria, that's the only thing that you can trust or that feels safe to trust. That's probably a better way to put it versus like going with your, your gut response, your inner knowing, because that part seems to be completely you know, cut off. And the thing is, is that like when you do have your head and your heart working together better as you navigate dating You are opening yourself up for potential rejection, but unfortunately that's just part of it. You can't avoid it. And I think you're still trying to avoid that. And the trust comes in really around like trusting that, yeah, you can get rejected and guess what? Like you can deal with it. You can survive. And there's a difference between feeling hurt and rejected and sad about something not working out. And having one of those things happen, but then it taking a hit at your self-worth or the story you tell yourself, right? And so that's what we really want to do and get at when we're talking about inner child work and specifically reparenting the inner child. And that's all trust. Like, I got this, I can do it. Yep, I might get rejected, but I got it. And if you're so clammed up because you're doing everything you possibly can to avoid any kind of rejection or disappointment or repeating past patterns or whatever it is, you're just going to find it really, really hard to get into the kind of relationship that you want because there's just that lack of self-trust. And ultimately there's that lack of emotional availability. I know this may not be what you want to hear.
2: (laughs) No, not at all. I'm just, I'm, I'm processing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I get it. I get it. Okay. So take a breath and um, I'm curious to hear, I've been talking a little bit. So What's coming up? Questions, responses, reactions—anything like that?
2: I mean, I think that's that's something that's really good to process and sort through. I mean, this is related, but I have I have not found someone in five years who's wants a relationship <laughs> that I'm interested in, and that's mm-hmm. interested in me.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I find myself going, "Oh." I'll just have fun with this guy. And then all of a sudden it becomes more and that always leads inevitably to heartbreak. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Not, or
1: let me ask you this. So you said you haven't met someone who you're interested in and wants a relationship. So you have met people who want a relationship. You're just not interested in them. Correct.
2: Yeah. I would say that's accurate.
1: Okay. Okay. So when that's happened, and and look like i'm not saying like every single person you meet that is available emotionally you should be interested in them. i'm not i'm not saying that this is, this is why this is a little bit of a gray area and you have to just it's each situation on its own that you have to look at however i've been doing this work for a long time and i've been asked this question many 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 times <laughs> and the most common reason for that is there's something about the people who are unavailable it's still nestling into that core wound. And so that's creating more of like a dopamine, adrenaline kind of response, which feels like lust, love, all of those things. And so that's why the unavailable people are attractive to you. Whereas someone who's more emotionally available, they're not able to nestle up into that core wound of yours because that's just not what happens. Right. And so it seems boring or dull or, uh, like friend zone-y. That's not really a word, but you know what I'm saying? And so, so when that is, has been your experience, especially for a while, then all it means, and this is like without judgment or like, I don't want you to judge yourself or whatever. It just is what it is. Like, it just means that there's another layer of, of healing to do and that's it. Right. And it doesn't mean like, it doesn't take away from the work you've done or negate any of it. It's just like, okay, yeah. Like I can see how much I've grown. I really understand that, you know, the relationship and the experience I have with my father is impacting me. And also there's some more work to do. Okay, cool. Right. Rather than making it
0: Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
1: Mean something wrong or bad or negating anything, but it sounds to me like the people who are unavailable are still, they're just bumping up against the core wound still. And I think, I think inner child work specifically can help you clear some of that. Cause it's, it's not so much like just talk, 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 but it's more about feeling into the anger, the grief, the pain, the sadness, and not just from the perspective of your adult self, but also your inner child self, because the inner child self is really what creates the, like the unconscious behaviors, emotions, beliefs, all that kind of stuff. And that can slowly begin to chip away at the walls and the fear and everything else that she's built up for good reason, right? Like if your father was abusive, like for good reason, those walls are there, right? I'm not like criticizing you for having them but you're just in a different part of life now. And those walls are no longer, not only are they no longer necessary, they're preventing you from the relationship that you want. And so, you know, really connecting with that five-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever age, and letting her just feel all the feelings, reparenting her, all that kind of stuff can really help you then in present day life to be like, okay, yep, this is scary. I like this person or this feels different or whatever it is. But then you can talk yourself through it. And yeah, you know what? You might get rejected. You might be disappointed. It might not go the way you want to go. But through inner child work and the reparenting process, you can remind yourself that you can handle that. You can deal with that. Not saying it's going to be like the most comfortable emotion in the whole wide world if you get rejected. Your brain literally is not designed to be okay with rejection, but you can handle that. And I think when you're able to do that, then your head and your heart. So basically your discernment and your intuition will be able to work much better rather than just like the constant, like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. I got to do that (laughs) kind of thing, which is not really getting you where you want to go. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. It's coming up. You're looking at me like, (laughs) what is this crazy lady talking about? (laughs)
2: I mean, sometimes I'm thinking, is this just an energy thing? Because I literally I don't I hardly ever meet guys who want a relationship anyway. Like I finally have become more strict about like say I, I do a lot of online dating, right? A whole lot more strict about if you're not sure what you want, forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I mean, I keep trying all these different things. I'm like well, maybe I can find somebody who just wants to go with the flow and it will turn into it. Like I've tried all these different angles. Oh, yeah, I, right? I,
1: definitely, I definitely wouldn't do that. That's definitely not going to get you where I want to go.
2: That's what I did last time. Did not work right.
1: No, no. And that was like my play. That was like my go-to play. <laughs> it worked exactly 0% of the time. Um, so is it an energy thing? I mean, I don't know how long you're listening to my podcast. I like, this is getting into like, Law of attraction territory, we're talking about energy, and I don't buy into it. I think that is super toxic. Cause then it's like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I have this bad energy. And it's just like this it's just like this opportunity to put yourself on loop of like, what's wrong, what's wrong? Or or like only think positive thoughts or positive affirmations. Yeah. And look, like there's certainly a time and place for mantras and affirmations in the healing process for sure. But if you still have some inner work to do, then like looking at that is not quote unquote negative or bad energy. I think that when it comes to energy, I think for me personally, and you can believe what you want to believe. I don't really buy into the whole, like I'm putting out these like magical waves of bad energy. And so therefore that's what I'm attracting. Cause even if we were going purely based on how science works, cause some people really do think the law of attraction is like a scientific law. Like even if we're doing that, like in no scientific world that I'm familiar with does like attract like, like if you understand how magnets work, you know, that opposites attract. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where this whole like attract, like comes from really. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying though, is, you know, think about When you're thinking, Oh God, this is just another dud, or is this really going to go somewhere or whatever, all the thoughts that you might have, what are the actions that you take or maybe not take as a result of the thoughts that you believe. Right. And so from there, you can begin to see, well, you know, when I'm not really feeling very excited about, you know, online dating or meeting someone, I'm not feeling very hopeful or whatever. You might get on the apps and just assume that everyone else is going to be, you know, a dud or whatever. And so you might just not take things very seriously. You might not be very vulnerable or open. You might judge really quickly people um, versus like, okay, like, you know, in the past I've had some not so great experiences, but I'm open to see what's here or what's available. You might have some very different actions, right? You might Swipe right on someone that you normally wouldn't swipe right on, or send a message to someone, or ask a question that you normally wouldn't ask, or whatever it is. I don't know. Like you'll have to figure this out on your own. Like how your actions differ based on what the thoughts are. And so from that perspective, like sure, I do think that energy can have an impact on the kinds of dates and relationships you might find yourself in. But I don't believe it's just because of like that's what the universe is giving you because you're emitting. These like negative pieces of energy. Do I sense that like there's some frustration and, and I don't know if you would call it bitterness or jadedness on your end. Yeah, I can definitely sense that. But again, I don't think you, I don't think your solution is just to like tell yourself like a bunch of affirmations and think that's going to solve everything. I think you have real reason to be, you know, to have some fear, right? Like, we haven't even gone really much into your past, and we don't need to, at least for the context of this call. But it sounds like you have walls up for really good reason, right? Oh and so, gosh. and so having some compassion with yourself as you slowly heal and then take down that wall, even if it's like brick by brick or half a brick by half a brick, I think that's a far better approach to learn how to trust yourself to get your head and heart working better together. And also just to trust that whatever happens, like you can get through it. And even if you're like in the quote unquote, same kind of situation, you track the same kind of person again, you know, trusting that you're not in the same place. You, I have been using this metaphor a lot. Like think of like the spiral staircase, like, or a spiral staircase, you might feel like you're in the same place, but you're really like one level up or two levels up. And so now you have more perspective or you have more tools or experience or knowledge and you can use that to you know create a different outcome, even if you might be in a similar kind of situation or attracted a similar kind of person. Does that make sense?
2: Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: All right. So how are you feeling now that we've been going for 20, 30 minutes? What any any final insights, feelings, thoughts, things like that?
2: Yes, you did confirm that I have another layer of work to do. Yeah, which is something that I've started on and need to go deeper with. Uh, One thing I really appreciated was your insight on like the head and heart linking and the intuition. Yeah, I'll definitely be utilizing that a lot more.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you can practice that in areas of your life that don't feel quite as scary or or daunting. I mean, just in everything when it comes to like, I don't know, just getting dressed, you know what I mean? Like just getting dressed for the day. Um, I don't know. For some people, I know that actually can be a very triggering thing, but okay. So like the, the rational part is like, it's going to be hot today. It's going to be cold today. Like what's the weather, what things am I doing? That's going to all inform more of like the functionality of what to wear. But then you can use the heart like, okay, well, how do I want to express myself today? What do I feel like wearing? What feels like it would be fun or what feels like it would be cozy or whatever, depending on where you're going or what you're doing. And so you can practice this communication and making decisions from that place in areas that seem pretty inconsequential, like clothes, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, or even with a friend or whatever, and then slowly build up to things that feel a little bit more scary, you know, like implementing it in your love life. All right, my dear. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you.
1: Hey, I wanted to jump in here real quick to let you know that enrollment to my annual Love Incubator program is open. The Incubator is my one-on-one coaching program with a small group element. If you've been wanting to work with me privately but can't swing it financially, this could be the perfect option for you. And if you enjoy the group format, The Incubator is the best of both worlds. You get one-on-one coaching calls with me so we can go deep where you need to go deep. Plus, you get to be part of a small community of women, 10 women or less, who are doing the same work alongside you, who will support you and you can also learn from too. This is the only time I'm running The Incubator this year, so I really don't want you to miss out if it's pulling on your heartstrings. If you're interested in learning more, your next step is to head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. I've answered all your questions there, including info about dates, pricing, and how the program works. That's also the place to set up your incubator exploratory consult with me, where we'll chat and I'll help you figure out if the incubator is the next right step for you in your personal growth. Space is very limited, just to 10 women and spots are already filling. So if this is something that's resonating with you, I'd love to chat with you. Space is very limited just to 10 women so that I can give you my full attention and spots are already filling up. So don't delay and head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more and schedule your incubator exploratory consult. All right, back to the show. As always, thank you so much, Erin, for coming onto the show. I so appreciate your courage and your vulnerability and, of course, your time. All right, listen, if you want to come onto the show and be coached by me, I would love to have you. All you have to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, and there you will see a link and that link is, says something along the lines of want to be coached by me or something like that, click that link, and that link will take you to a Google form. You will fill out that quick Google form. And then when I am recording new episodes for the podcast, my assistant Jess will be in touch with you to schedule your call. Listen, I know that you can hear you know, these kinds of announcements on the podcast and think that I'm talking to everyone else but you, but no, I am talking to you. If you want to be coached by me, I would love to coach you. Um, It's totally free, no strings attached. We can use a pseudonym or your middle name or whatever you want so that your identity can be protected. I mean, it's already protected. I never will say like where you are or where you work or anything like that because of course I do think um, privacy is important. And a lot of times, people I mean, most people are a little bit nervous before we get recording and then we get going and you forget that we're recording. Uh, so it's all good. And so if you're just feeling really stuck and you're like, oh, God, what is my next step or what is the next thing I need to do? 20 or 30 minutes with me is more than enough time for us to get some clarity around what your next step is. And then from there, who knows what, right? Because who knows where that step will take you. But it only takes one step to get unstuck and you can make one step by You know, having a coaching call with me and getting some clarity from that. So, again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. All right. So, let's talk about my call with Aaron. We talked a lot about dating with the head and the heart. One is not better, or one is not smarter or worse than the other. You need both. Dating from the head is making decisions, taking action, standing up for yourself, setting boundaries, asking for what you need. You can think of it as like the masculine part of you, whereas dating from the heart is showing up as who you are, opening up, being vulnerable, allowing yourself to enjoy something, pleasure, all of that kind of stuff. That is more of like the feminine energy if we were to put it into that. Dichotomy to look at. To be clear, dating from the heart doesn't mean that you're airing all your dirty laundry or that you're sharing your deepest, darkest secrets. You know, especially when you don't know who the person is or if you can even feel safe or trust the other person. But it does mean that you're beginning to show someone how you feel, your desires, your dreams, and receiving. And it can be on levels that are both safe and appropriate for everything from like a first date to a tenth date to like being in a full-on committed partnership with someone. And so the way these two things work together is that you have to discern who is deserving of seeing your vulnerable sides. Now, I don't mean deserving and that like that human is not worthy, right? Because I do believe that all humans are equally worthy. No one is more or less inherently worthy than someone else. But I'm talking more about have their actions or behaviors shown you that it's safe to be more vulnerable, show those more vulnerable sides of you. So again, you need both the head and the heart to effectively date and find that deep kind of love that I think you want. So Erin has experienced a lot of trauma that she's worked through with a therapist, which is fantastic. And now it's time for her to integrate that awareness into the dating space. So I'm not criticizing her or you for having walls up. Uh, She and you also might have very good reasons to have those walls. They protected you in some ways, but having those walls continuing to be up you know, from Erin, I'm talking about her situation, she's, you know, only dating from her head. And so what she's doing is she's taking shots in the dark, like she's thinking, Okay, I can see that he's saying this thing that's right, or he's saying this thing that sounds like it's a good thing, or sounds like a boundary, or sounds, you know, he says that he's available, or that he wants a committed relationship. Okay, great, good, let's move forward. Cue vulnerability, right? Um, But she's cutting herself off from emotion, which is the heart, which is the feminine part, so that she doesn't get rejected. But in doing so, she's cutting herself off from feeling her feelings, a, for someone else, or B, from her intuition, because your intuition is just a feeling. It's not like a bunch of story. It's not a bunch of like, okay, let me analyze this person. It's just simply a yes or a no. And if she's just dating from the head, um, trying to analyze things on the surface as like just how they're seeming, again, on a surface level, then she's not really... Making more intuitive decisions, and so her head and heart aren't really working, they're kind of both trying to do their own jobs, but not like really syncing or communicating well together. And then that's why she's trying to be vulnerable, she's trying to do everything right like everything that she's learned with her therapist and just on her own through listening to podcasts, reading books, etc. But it's kind of backfiring because the people that she's being vulnerable with may or may not be truly available for that because she's not using her feeling to also help with that discernment. So next week on the show, it's episode 306. So depending on when you're listening to this, you might have to wait a few days until that episode's out. Or if you're listening to this in the future, episode 306 might already be out. And that's a really great follow-up episode to listen to from this one, because a lot of times, especially when we have experienced trauma or I don't know if you would call it trauma or not, just rejection or frustration or heartache. And you also know about boundaries because you've been listening to podcasts or reading books or working with a therapist or a coach or whatever. You might, oh, I need boundaries, right? And again, of course you need boundaries. But a lot of times what we can get confused are boundaries and walls, right? Those are two different things. But because there is just a lot of fear and a lot of distrust, both from you know, maybe towards yourself or towards your decision making or towards the other or towards men in general or towards dating or towards whatever, you can actually have these walls up and you can think that they're boundaries, but they're actually again, cutting you off from feeling from feeling things towards other people from intuiting all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to dive deep into that next week. So again, make sure you listen to episode 306. You're really, really going to love that if you can relate to this. Um, but until then, I want to just leave you with some takeaways from this episode. So number one, awareness and understanding of your patterns is incredibly important. And it's an important first step, but it's not the only step. You must also do the emotional healing so you can truly change your patterns. And this is the integration piece. And it can sometimes be the most difficult. I do think that, you know, when you don't know what you don't know, you can kind of, maybe things aren't super great, but ignorance is also bliss, right? But whether it's through therapy or through podcast or through books or through coaching or through whatever, everyone listening to this podcast, and I know that because you're here listening, at some point has realized like, oh, I don't actually have to deal with crap (laughs) in my relationships or dating, or I don't want to deal with crap, right? So you're no longer in a place of of not knowing what you don't know. Now you know what you don't know. And this can be the most tricky part because, A, this is where the integration happens, and this can just take a while for things to get better, right? Like, you know, you want a relationship where there's vulnerability and boundaries and good communication. Like, you know, all that, but you're not exactly sure how to do it. So, I just want to say that this is a next step. It doesn't mean that all of the healing that you've done in the past has been for nothing. Because again, that built the awareness and understanding, which is so important, because otherwise, how do you get to the next stages of your healing and, and growth. So I just want to honor wherever you are. And it, again, it does not mean anything negative about the work that you've already done. It's just now you know what you don't know. And it's just time to integrate and learn some skills so that you can be vulnerable with the right people and have boundaries uh, with the right people and so forth. Okay, second takeaway is and this is kind of piggybacking off the first takeaway, but that is realizing you have more healing to do is fine. It's not a bad thing. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people when they've you know done some coaching with me, and they're like, "Oh God, I thought I've healed this, or I thought I've done this, or I've done. Or, I just can't believe there's more stuff to unpack or more stuff to go through." And that is just part of being a human, and that is part of building awareness. You know, at least the way that I teach personal growth and deep work to my community and my clients is that it has to be built on awareness, right? Because you don't know what you don't know, as I've already said, right? And so the more you have awareness, the more you're going to become aware of more limiting beliefs or patterns or difficult emotions or things that you want to heal or things that you want to change. So there's probably always going to be more for you to heal or more for you to do or just another layer to go on the same thing that you've already, you know, quote unquote healed or worked on. And that's fine. It's just a you know, new level, new devil, however you want to put it. It does not negate or take away anything that you've done in the past. I often use the the image of the spiral staircase, right? So like if you're back to a place and you're like, damn it, I thought i would healed this. I don't want you to think that you're like back at the beginning, like a circle because you're not think of it as a spiral staircase, right? Like you're at level two or level three or level four. So it might feel like you're in a similar place, but being a couple levels up, you have more tools, you have more skills, you have more experience, you have more resources at your disposal. So you're going to learn more, you're going to grow more, you're going to heal more. And that's going to invite in, you know, deeper and better relationships, you know, romantic, platonic, career wise, all that kind of stuff. Okay, the third takeaway is if you have a pattern of still being attracted to the quote unquote, bad guy, put that in air quotes, um, or the unavailable person, it's worth looking at your own availability there's still something that that unavailable person or the bad guy, whatever you want to call it, um, is still bumping up against. It's still bumping up against some core wound that you're trying to use them to fit into some sort of void to to heal. So first, if you haven't already, my emotional availability assessment will kind of give you some clues as to where your unavailability might be playing out. You can grab that assessment at veronicagrant.com forward slash assessment. But here are just some signs. And again, I go deeper into this into the assessment. But Are people guilty until proven innocent? Are you looking for surface level confirmation that this is a relationship worth pursuing? Meaning like they say they're available, but what are their actions say, right? So if Erin and I were working together and we had more time, one thing that I'd want to help her do is to get really clear on how she wants to feel in a relationship, what safety feels like and how that actually feels in her body. And then she can use that as a gauge as to whether or not a relationship is worth pursuing because people can say whatever they want to say. Do you know what I mean? But like if we're cut off from how we actually want to feel, then again, we just, we don't really have all the information that's available to us about whether or not, you know, that person or that relationship has, you know, any hope of it lasting or being the relationship that that you want. Okay, in the fifth takeaway, I'm not going to talk too much about this because I've talked a lot about the law of attraction and other episodes, which we can put in the show notes if you want to listen to those episodes. But you know, when you're dating, it's not so much about your energy in the sense that you have to have like positive energy or be high vibe. Like sometimes you got to work through your anger or grief to get to a better place, um, emotionally, energetically, all of those things. So I don't want you to think that like, Oh, like, you know, I'm taking the high road, so I'm not going to be angry about that. I'm just going to get over it. Or I don't want to feel this grief or sadness or whatever anymore because I want to be high vibe or whatever that's actually inhibiting your ability to be emotionally available because you're probably at some point going to suppress those emotions and emotions aren't really something where it's like, okay, I'm going to suppress this one. I'm going to feel that one. It's kind of like an all or none kind of thing. So I also have some other episodes that I did back in the summer of 2020 on anger. So we will try to find those and put those in the show show notes as well. I highly recommend listening to those, especially if you're like, oh, I don't want to feel anger because I'm like, you know, better than that, or I'm taking the high road, or I feel weird, or I feel bad, or I feel guilty. You've got to feel some of these more uncomfortable emotions to get to that better place. Um, Using mantras or affirmations, there certainly is a time and place for mantras and affirmations. I really do believe that. But you gotta think you gotta think about what they are, right? So mantras and affirmations are much more cerebral, right? They're like thoughts, right? You're shifting the thoughts, which again is important, but you can't heal emotions with thinking. Do you know what I mean? And so sometimes mantras and affirmations can kind of play into that I'm just going to rationalize my way out of feeling like shit. (laughs) And again, that might work for a hot minute, but it's not really going to work sustainably. So don't be afraid of going into those uncomfortable emotions. You will get to the other side. Those emotions can be pretty uncomfortable. They can even be pretty dark. If they do feel like a lot or pretty dark, then I highly recommend getting someone to support you through that. You don't have to do that journey alone. But I will say I've done this work a long time with a lot of people and a, you will not get stuck in them. It's much more difficult to actually resist those feelings than it is just dive right in. Um, you know, the first step might be a doozy, but then once you get going, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can actually do this and I'm going to get through this and I'm going to feel so much better. It's going to feel so friggin' cathartic afterwards. So don't be afraid of that. You're not inviting in like low energy or low vibe or blah, 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 blah. Okay. Again, I could talk a lot more about that, but I have already referenced some other episodes for you to um, listen to if this feels like something that is bumping up against the pattern that you've been experiencing. All right, my dears, all I've got for you this episode. Um, Just a reminder, again, if you are listening to this on or around April 7th, 2022, when I released it, April 8th is the last day for Love Incubator early enrollment, which again means either an extended payment plan or a bonus one-on-one session with me. And if you're listening to this after April 8th, but before April 22nd-ish, and you want to do the Love Incubator, then still head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash Love Incubator spots will be available until they are no longer available or April 22nd, whichever happens first. And at the time of this recording, I don't know exactly how many spots I have left. However, the incubator always fills up relatively quickly. So please make sure you get your application in so that we can get our incubator exploratory call on the calendar. This is a really great way to work with me, especially if you want to work closely with me, but for whatever reason, one-on-one is just not in your financial wheelhouse, um, or something people like actually prefer to work within a group because they know they have a lot of, you know, just healing to do around relationships in general, not just romantic relationships, but also female relationships, friendships, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I've worked both with coaches individually, and I've also worked within the group. And there's, I say pro and con, because we kind of, we know that framework of that mindset. I wouldn't say it's pro and con. There's just benefits to both, right? Sometimes it's really nice to just work with someone one-on-one. You're like, I don't care about anyone else's crap. I just want you to focus on me. And that's obviously really great. And then sometimes it's really great to be in the context of a group because you know, for me, at least I can sometimes feel very triggered, especially in a group of women, I can feel like, oh, everyone hates me, they're talking about me, or am I the cool one? Or am I the dumb one or the dorky one or whatever. And so actually showing up and taking up space and creating some of those deeper friendships has been profoundly healing for me and my life. So if that's something that you think you might also be craving, then the incubator is really great, because obviously, by its very nature, one on one isn't going to offer that because it's not obviously within a group. So you decide if one on one or a group is more appealing, to you. And if one-on-one is, of course, you can, you know, I take clients on a rolling basis. I take on two to three clients a month, just depending on what's going on. And if there's no spots available that month, then you can start the following month or, you know, whenever the next month is that I have a spot available. And then the incubator obviously is a little bit more time bound. So if you do want to work with me this year on the incubator, you really do need to get that um, application in so that we can get a time on the calendar to chat. Again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash Love Incubator. I've got the pricing, the details of the program, um, kind of results you can expect. Um, I've also got uh, stories from past women in the program. Um, We had Paige on the podcast a few episodes ago, which I highly recommend. We'll also put that link in the show notes. Um, That would be a great episode to listen to if you're like, well, what can I expect from the Love Incubator? And also that link will, give you the link to, you know, fill out your application so that we can hop on the phone. And then next week, make sure you listen to that episode because I'm going to do a deep dive into boundaries. So really like a big theme of today's episode was boundaries versus walls. And you need the head and the heart to have the boundaries rather than the walls. The walls will be more of like a product of like only dating from the head. So if you know you struggle with boundaries as a whole, or you think you are dating with walls rather than boundaries, next week's episode is a must listen. It's going to be like a boundaries masterclass. It's going to be so good. I'm really excited if you listen to that one, actually. Um, Anyways. All right. So I will talk to you if you are interested in the Love Incubator. And either way, I will see you all or talk to you all next week in next week's episode. Don't forget, this is the only time this year I'm running the Love Incubator. So if you desire a deep transformation in your love life and want to work deeply with me, this is your opportunity. The Love Incubator is a four-month journey and immersion for women who are ready to dig deep and discover the art of finding love and a lasting equal partnership in their life. And the Love Incubator, you'll have one-on-one coaching calls with me each month, plus a group check-in call so we can assess your growth and you can connect with other like-minded women who are on the same path as you no longer will you feel alone or like you're the only crazy one. There's so much healing in that. So if you're ready to dig deep, grow massively and have me hold your hand throughout the process, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more about the program and to schedule an incubator exploratory session with me so that we can see if the love incubator is right for you. Again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. Just a reminder, I'm only accepting 10 women so that I can give every woman the attention she needs and spots are already filling, and I expect the rest of the spots to fill rather quickly. So again, that link is veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. Imagine the
0: softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.